called himself a very excellent student, who came out and made billions of dollars as one of the top business people, and went to television and had many years of tremendous success. He asserted that Wolf had not interviewed him, other than for a magazine story a long time ago, but Wolf told NPR on Friday that he spent about three hours with Trump during the campaign and his presidency. I don't know this man, Trump said of Wolf, referring to Bannon, whom the president has criticized for his casual dress and disheveled appearance. Trump said, I guess Sloppy Steve brought him into the White House a lot. I guess that's why Sloppy Steve is looking for a job. The impetus for Trump's tweets appeared to be, as it often is, an early morning Fox News segment, this time about the controversy over Trump's mental health. White House aides were caught off guard. Chief of Staff John F. Kelly told reporters at Camp David that he had not seen Trump's morning tweets. After a reporter showed him the messages, Kelly replied, Okay. The retired Marine general said Trump did not appear angry or agitated Friday night or Saturday morning, and had tweeted to get around the media filter over coverage of Wolf's book. Trump, for his part, praised reporters for having questioned some of Wolf's reporting tactics and the accuracy of passages in his book. Trump's mental and emotional stability have become subjects of speculation at a time of great uncertainty in the country and the world. The president has engaged in a war of words with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, boasting last week that he has a much bigger and more powerful nuclear button. The tweet prompted reporters to raise the question of the president's mental fitness at recent White House press briefings, and last week CNN raised it to Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who last year was reported to have called Trump a moron, prompting a denial by the State Department. I've never questioned his mental fitness. I've had no reason to question his mental fitness, Tillerson said. On Capitol Hill, the nuclear button tweet and a Politico report about a Yale University psychiatry professor recently briefing some lawmakers on Trump's behavior have sparked a new round of chatter. While concern about Trump is widespread in the Democratic Party, there are divisions about how to respond to him. The topic has spurred talk, mostly from Democrats, over the possibility of invoking the Constitution's 25th Amendment, ratified in 1967, which lays out procedures by which a president may be removed by his cabinet if it is determined that he is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. But John Hudak, deputy director of the Brookings Institution's Center for Effective Public Management, noted that section of the amendment was written with a very different scenario in mind, for instance, a case in which a president is comatose from a massive stroke. In addition to frequent questions over Trump's fitness for office, aides say the president has felt consistently under siege over the special counsel investigation into contacts between his campaign and Russian operatives during the election. Again Saturday, Trump declared that he had not colluded with Moscow to influence the presidential election. Everything we did is 100% proper, Trump said. Praise and concern. At Camp David, GOP leaders, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, and House Speaker Paul D. Ryan, Wisconsin, praised Trump for helping pass a Republican tax plan and for appointing conservative judges to federal courts. But they also have become concerned about Trump's low approval ratings in a midterm election year. Ari Fleischer, who was White House press secretary under George W. Bush, noted that the issue of Trump's mental fitness and temperament was talked about repeatedly during the campaign, and he still won. It was focused on relentlessly by Hillary Clinton, literally live at the debate with 80 million people watching, Fleischer said in an interview. Steve Schmidt, a top aide in the George W. Bush administration and Trump critic, said people who have personally witnessed the president's behavior have serious reservations. This is a live issue that the country is going to have to start talking about, he said of Trump's mental fitness. This is going to be a live debate that increases in pressure and intensity. And what we've seen over the past week is that the more pressure Trump is under, the more erratic he becomes. A 2006 study by Jonathan Davidson, 
a professor of psychiatry and behavioral science at Duke University Medical Center, suggested that of the first 37 U.S. presidents have displayed signs of mental illness, including depression and anxiety disorders. President Richard Nixon's behavior in the dark days of Watergate also alarmed those around him. When Reagan announced his Alzheimer's disease diagnosis in 1994, there was much speculation that the absent-mindedness and detachment he sometimes exhibited before leaving office in 1989 may have been early signs of the condition. However, his doctors insisted that he was regularly tested and that he exhibited no signs of mental deterioration. Reagan biographer Edmund Morris wrote that the clarity of his diaries and letters and speech drafts all testify to the fact that he retained a useful intelligence throughout two terms as president and for three years thereafter. At Camp David, aides said Trump treated the Republican lawmakers to a screening of The Greatest Showman, a 2017 film starring Hugh Jackman that, according to IMDb, tells of a visionary who rose from...